This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of That's a Wrap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales, joined by my fellow co-host, Dre, and our producer, Jason. This is a podcast that's by Raptors fans, for Raptors fans, and I gotta say, as Raptors fans, we're sitting pretty right now, guys. How you feeling? All we do is win, 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 no matter what, <laughs> for like two weeks. Well, really, we were winning for three of the quarters. Uh, that Philly game, we so we're recording this on a Wednesday, uh, the 22nd, right after the Philadelphia 76ers against the Toronto Raptors, and the Raptors pulled off a 107-95 win. But to be honest, it wasn't very pretty. The The score doesn't uh, call it justice of how well Philly was playing the entire game, but gladly and gladly to all Raptors fans, the Raptors pulled it off. I guess we should probably jump straight into this because uh, I'm still I'm still running on on a high right now. That was such an exciting game. Um, definitely, the playoff atmosphere was there, and you can feel it in the building. You feel it through the through the television if you were watching it. Um, but yeah, it was there was just this extra vibe, you know. Um, you if know, it Joel felt Embiid, like a playoff yeah, atmosphere, that's for damn sure. It did. It did. And, and Joel Embiid was. Uh, you know, we if we remember, or maybe we don't want to remember, his finger got turned into a plastic straw, <laughs> and uh, it's not the, the bendable you know, one. I, the bendable one. Yeah, the the, the flexible oh, plastic straw. Good lord. And yeah, it's it's unfortunate for him, but at the same time, we know when it was first laid out the timeline, I was like, all right, we already know it. He's not going to play against the Raptors, even mm-hmm. if he was healthy. But you know, lo and behold, he is actually hurt. He, he couldn't play tonight. Um, which is unfortunate because uh, the slander against him being scoreless in Toronto will continue for <laughs> a little while longer. Um, <laughs> and then within the first, I believe it was like four minutes, was it? Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson uh, went out. Yeah, yeah, he went out. And that was unfortunate for them. And I think this is where you see the big difference between Philly and Toronto. Is yeah. Toronto's depth um, really shone through. Absolutely. Um, Freaking like... Yeah. the. the Without Joel Embiid, and, and don't get me wrong, Joel Embiid is a generational player, but the Philadelphia 76ers are a completely different team without JoJo in there. Like, it's this, the floor is so spread out. Um, the, the amount of options that Ben Simmons has, and he can really flourish in his game because, you know, we all know that he's not very much of a shooter. But when you don't have Joel Embiid basically, you know, 
filling up the lanes then you have simmons that can like drive and kick or uh play his little herky-jerky game and kick it out and you have like tobias harris uh shooting those threes you have thibel shooting those threes like it was it opened up the floor and i think this was a completely different team not only for, for philly but for for the raptors who played them if you guys don't remember the last time we played philly Joel put up a big old donut uh so it's it was a completely different team for for us and the sixers but uh but yeah man like like you said jay the raptors are so deep uh the first half while we were struggling it was marcus saw who stayed a shift for us 17 points from mm-hmm. him he was he was shooting so i think did he go seven for seven uh like his percentages was really really high and the third quarter was all norman powell and the fourth quarter was fred van vliet so it was like a complete team effort uh something that you don't see every day you can just tell how deep this raptors team really is yeah, the um, uh, what I was gonna say about Gasol was that um, you know, we all talk about and jokingly say that you know Embiid didn't score anything um, against the last time he was in Toronto, but I think we forget that Gasol was also scoreless. So yes. the fact that he came out and really asserted himself and it was really an inspiring performance all around, and the fact that you can count on these different people contributing, and this is what we've been waiting for, right? We've we've kind of been resting on this uh, excuse that we're not fully healthy, and now going into this game, I gotta say, guys, this is probably the first time, probably all season, that I was a little nervous heading into a game. Not because uh, I was nervous that you know we couldn't beat the Sixers, but it was like, okay, the excuses are all out the window now. We're fully healthy. They are down Embiid, and then within four minutes, down Richardson, like. We have no more excuses. I have um, the the buffer is gone. So if we wanted to prove to everyone that we're legit, if we want to prove it to the Ryan Hollands out there, <laughs> to uh, you know the, the the petty coworkers that you work with who who you know want to I don't know, talk down to how the Raptors are doing, um, this is this was it. This was that game, and um, yeah, they they started off slow, but that's. You know, a credit to Philly. I mean, yeah, they're they're not just gonna lay down and 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 take it. It was an uncharacteristic game for Lowry too. He was he was not hitting those bunnies. He was forcing a lot of shots. And talk about uncharacteristic. It was a really bad game for Siakam, to be honest. Like you could tell that he was forcing a lot of things, and uh, he was getting really frustrated with the calls and were the non calls. And but credit to Philly for for stopping Pascal. It was just for us. Thankfully, we have so many other players that can step it up. For for us right um i mean it's it's so tricky because i i would say as consistent as somebody like siakam is and we know we're in a good spot if 15 rebounds at 18 points is an off game for siakam as a 76ers fan tobias harris has received the kind of other end of the spectrum where it's like he's consistently off so this was a surprising game for him where you know, he hit the 22 points and led his team offensively. Uh, he even grabbed a couple of rebounds as well. Today, he was a little bit more on than usual, which I think that was one of the definitive factors that kind of kept them in the game with the Raptors. Because if Tobias Harris was his same old, same old, this would have been a blowout, it looks like. Because Al Horford, as much as I like the guy, and he's not impressed with his results either. He's not having the best time in Philly. And, mm-hmm. you know, defensively he was on, but his offense, and that's what he's known for, 
as one of the early offensive bigs of this decade, it's not showing. And, you know, there's only so much that somebody like Ben Simmons, who's a bit of an anomaly, can achieve. So, um, because of the slight lulls that the Raptors had, and then you had Tobias Harris going off, it was a little bit tighter than it should have been. But otherwise, as you guys said, the final numbers don't really show what kind of a game that it was. Well, the Raptors, despite their hiccups, kind of dominated most of the game offensively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what added to the the whole, I guess, pressure of this game is that, you know, in addition to the Embiid and Richardson injuries, is that Horford himself was coming off of a wrist injury. So uh, I remember writing about this in, in the weekly wrap-up is that, um, you know, there's a possibility that he may not even play. But he did play. Um, mm-hmm. He had a good, a decent showing on Monday against the Nets, I believe. Um, and, you know, even he's not 100%. So, again, it was just another, you know, important day for, for the Raptors to show out. And to, to your point about Siakam, those 15 boards, that's uh, the second highest total he's had this season. So, nice. yeah, you Jason, go. you're right. Like, he wasn't, his shot wasn't falling. You could see he was, like, beating himself up over it. But you could also see that, Every time he fell, it was like, okay, now I need to do something else to pick up mm-hmm. the pick up the slack. And if it was crashing the boards, then it was crashing the boards. If it was, you know, helping out on on Ben Simmons and switching over to Horford and switching over to Thibel, like he was there. So he contributed yeah. in other ways. And I think that's a good, good, you know, indicator yeah. of of where this team is going. A couple of other things I want to note out about this game. One is uh patrick mccall breaking his face <laughs> due to like you know seeing all the raptor twitters about patch mccall uh but no seriously though prayers to him because i believe blake Murphy already said on twitter i think he was a broken nose so i'm sure he's going to be out for quite some time so prayers up for him hope he's okay secondly yeah. is i'm very happy of how Nick Nurse coached this game. There's a couple reasons why. Uh, how we explained this before, where in the beginning of the game, we just looked very stagnant. I feel like we were down by about 12 or 15 points, and the energy wasn't there. And then you can just tell how Nurse was trying to find uh, combinations that he's, he's done, especially in the playoffs last year, just trying to find something to spark this team. And you can see that he was just trying to move his chess pieces. Now, I'm looking at the... Looking at the... Uh, the players and the the minutes distribution when it comes to the Sixers and I think this there's a a difference between uh this big difference between the Raptors and the Sixers is is how when we had our basically our starting lineup out you could see other players step up you could see um Terrence Davis you know RHJ Chris Boucher O'Shea Brissett we've seen this we said this all time and time again and then uh we know that the 76ers they play very tight tight group of players maybe seven deep and then you have you know tobias harris play 41 minutes today ben simmons play 38 minutes and then the rest they just they're they're you, you can see that without jojo and without josh richardson um mm-hmm. they, they they had to rely so much on their starters whereas for us we like i said we had mark we had norm we had fred everybody distributing and have their own time to flourish so that's where i see the difference between the raptors and the sixers i think the sixers are still very good i just feel like the raptors are still on that on that championship level i don't know if i'm on the same page here I feel like if the 76ers had as much chemistry and coaching ability as the Raptors, they could potentially be the first in in the league even. Like mm-hmm. even like sitting around where the Bucks are or better 
because they would have probably annihilated the Bucks in their games. But as it stands right now, that's not the case. But that's good news for us because even though we have a lot of players that we appreciate because we're Raptors fans, and the league is starting to. I mean, Van Vliet's getting quite a few all-star votes, right? I don't know if I agree that he should be an all-star, but there's love. There's definite love. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not, like, as well-built as the Lakers or the Bucks or even, like, the Pacers or something. However, they're smart, and that is what gets you wins, as can be seen by, you know, the last two weeks or so that we've had. So I would take what we have currently than the usual, well, we've got the pieces, we just don't have the mojo that a lot of teams experience, especially this last decade, which is ridden with super teams. So we've got it good. Yeah, and I think you guys both hit it on the head in terms of this, there's something missing there with Philly. And and, and this is, goes beyond the pres- the absences of, of Embiid and Richardson. It's, there was a couple of times during the game where they tried to throw the Raptors off guard and they threw the zone at, at the Raptors. And outside of the Miami Heat, the Toronto Raptors throw the zone out there more than any other team in the NBA. And to see Philly try to throw it on the Raptors was was kind of funny because they didn't run it very well. Right. Um, the Raptors were able to penetrate. They were able to get some, some good shots off. They're and, a much better one-on-one defensive team. Yeah, yeah. One-on-one against Thibel, I wouldn't want that. One-on-one against Simmons, I wouldn't want that. Like, you're right. So once they went to the zone, it was like they were stepping out of their comfort zone. Right, right. right. And we were able to torch him. And but when I say we, I'm I'm pointing out a couple of guys here, and one of them was Fred Van Vliet. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My God. Like, he, he went off in the fourth quarter. Like, when he was open... Even sometimes when he wasn't open, he just shoot that three. And I think Norm and Fred are kind of on the same level where whenever they shoot, you can just feel the um, energy. The electricity. In, yes. Yeah. In, in the in the stadium, in the arena, that like whenever they shoot, they feel like they're going to go in. And and when Fred was – I know we're, we're going to talk about the Hawks game on, uh, in, in a little minute, but when Norm was going off in that Hawks game, it, it felt the same thing when Fred was going off in, in this game in the fourth quarter. They just have something in them when they know when to turn it on. And and Norm, we've wanted it for, for quite some time, and finally he's come up and, and flourished, but Fred has always had that. That's why he has that steady Freddy mantra all the time, right? So when you have Fred hitting those three-pointers, like, you know, it's game six or game five of the finals like it's uh we're we're in a good position man i don't know about you guys but as a raptors fan i always wanted that kind of consistent six option or non-superstar or non-face of the franchise that every team seemed to have where if you really know basketball and you're in it outside of just the shallow prospects you're like oh great not this person Kind of like a a JG Barea mm-hmm. or like wait, wait you never you never thought Lou Williams was that guy for us? <laughs> well, I, I feel like he's gotten much better on other teams. Let's say, um, but you know, like with our team, we we kind of always used to pretend like we've got Morris Peterson who <laughs> is occasionally really good. I, but I, I feel like I get now... you. I get you. It's kind of like when we always face Jamie Butler or the Raptor killer is always like Mike, Mike Scott on Philly for some odd reason. He always kills us no matter what, whenever he Yo, shoots a three, you're always, so right. always kills us. There's I something have... about him. Yeah. There's I don't know. What. So maybe, yeah, Dre, I think you're onto something. I feel like Fred is that one. Maybe it could be 
uh, more than one raptor, but definitely Fred. Whenever uh, uh, other opposing teams uh, see Fred or f- opposing fan bases see Fred, they're like, oh, crap, you know, Fred's coming in. Well, if there's, one, Norman if there's one team too. that might... Well, if you're the Bucks fans, yeah, you probably are <laughs> afraid of Powell. But I think <laughs> if you're the Sixers, I don't think... I don't know. I don't think they're actually worried about Fred Lee. Let's just quickly remind everyone that during the, the seven-game series last year, do you guys remember how many field goals he hit? He hit three total. Oh, whoa. That's for the entirety that... of that series. So, like, I remember, like, the, their length really bothered him. And it's only, you know, midway through, you know, that Milwaukee series did he really blow up. And ever since then, it's just been a – his the, his reputation has just built. It's never been that low than that Sixers right. series. And, like, you know, again, you look at those – the three total field goals that he made in that series. And today he hits double that just in three pointers alone. So uh, it's been amazing to watch his growth. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he, I don't know, there's just one last point on what you guys are saying about the way, you know, he and Powell shoot. It's like his form is probably one of the purest forms in the NBA. Like it's, it's for me, like the way it looks, it's up there with like, a curry, a clay, like it's so perfect. And well, you, 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 know, you see, just kind of think that every shot falls. You can kind of see his shot preparation too. It's either if he if he's stepping into a three, and we're talking about Fred here, right? When he's like stepping yeah. into a three or he's coming off a screen and he catch and shoots it. Um, it's, I'm not saying that, and I don't think you are either, Jay, but it, when you see Steph Curry shoots, uh, I've I've heard of this before, and you watch it, you can see him release the ball before he, uh, like, he, uh, I guess before he jumps all the way up. I guess I guess that's yeah, how you before explain. he hits the yeah, because a lot of jump shooters they 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 release at the apex of their jump at the peak. Right, Curry yeah. and Fred Van Vliet, he releases while still on they're the yeah, yeah they're going yeah. up and they release at the same time, and I feel like that's what Fred yeah. does. But I also feel like that's something that smaller players do because they need the momentum from their body. They need like more juice instead of like someone like who's like LeBron who can just shoot it from wherever because they're that strong. But yeah, you're right. Because they're like looking at it like at eye level almost. Yeah, like these taller. Yeah, players. but when for Fred, he has to lift uh, from a lot lower. But which is so impressive. Of course, Curry is a generational player. But when you have uh, small players that shoot from the from going up, um, they have to know what's around them and they have to set their feet very very quickly especially when there's you know so so many larger players around them so fred and someone else no no you guys are absolutely right but mm-hmm. like someone else who's who's getting a reputation as you know that that sharpshooter who is short and you know lets the shot fly before they've hit even like half of their jump is trey young and yeah we saw that in on full display <laughs> the other night like the guy basically got... single-handedly kept the hawks in i mean like <laughs> he hit for over 40 points again yeah 42 you, you wouldn't have thought it yeah you wouldn't have thought it because he, he runs around so quickly he looks like all of the players outside of Vince carter at the same time where it's like oh who was that oh it was trey young again okay like <laughs> basically i feel so badly because somebody that good should not be on a team that's stupendously bad. However, we almost lost to that team. So let's get down into it. Uh, thank God we didn't. Otherwise, I would have I would have turned to the streets for something because I would have been going mad. But you should have seen Twitter. 
Everybody was losing their minds. We were sitting at a comfortable near 20-point lead in the fourth to the point where it was turning into garbage time. And yet, and yet, we almost lost still. What the hell happened? Guys, do you have an answer? Oh, for me, I, I, I think it was um, that Nick Nurse kind of held on a little too long with his roster. I mean, we were, I forgot what the deficit was or what the score was near the end of the third when, when the bench guys came in. And it was like, you know, the, you know as, you, as you were alluding to, Dre, I mean, the Raptors just couldn't pull away. And the bench guys came in. Norm was absolutely We were up fire. by 20. Yeah. yeah. With like, what was it? Like two minutes left or something like that. It was crazy. It was like, you, well, you, and they went on like a seventeen and old run. <laughs> it wasn't that crazy though. It, it like it, it definitely was a point where you did not want to have our starting guys come back on because when you put them out for so long and they were sitting for like eight minutes straight, and you're you're cold, you're stretching probably, and you're you're just not into the game, and then so the when we were up by twenty, the Hawks got it down to two. With like about a minute and a half left. So Nurse, like I, I do agree. He definitely kept his starters or sorry, kept his bench uh, out there for a little bit too long. But you're kind of in a stronghold right there, right? You want your bench uh, and your role players to play out of a funk when you have a good lead that you built. But like, let's not right? forget, you don't... The, the Raptors were playing their third game in four nights, right? Like it's it's, it's, a, it's a good time to, to rest your starters. And right? it was a... And it was a 2.30 start time. But also, <laughs> but also, I think this was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Let, let me. let me paint out what I think it was. Because when that run happened with the Hawks and Nurse tossed in his starters, let me preface what I'm about to say. So you had a lot of great bench playing. Davis wasn't in the game much, still had tw- 12 points. RHJ wasn't in the game much, still had t- 10 rebounds. Serge Ibaka didn't have his prettiest performance, but his presence was felt. Then you had Norman Powell, who had 27, and the back-to-back threes, he was on fire. So let me ask you guys. Yeah, like back-to-back-to-back-to-back yeah, back back threes. Yeah. Like, it was, yeah, it was great. Four, it was four threes it in a row. Like, I was watching the, the Atlanta uh, highlights or the broadcast, and they were like, what the hell is <laughs> going let, on? Let me ask oh, you man. this then. With all of the starters, but one bench player left in those final minutes. Why in the goddamn hell was that one person, and I don't mean disrespect because he's injured, Patrick McCaw, (laughs) who's been in the game for 23 minutes, had two freaking points. Zero rebounds, zero defensive presence, no disrespect, but he must know some about Nick Nurse. Like some Illuminati stuff, <laughs> or or Messiah is trying to get him eligible to be traded by giving him minutes and a role like a role position because nothing makes sense anymore. No disrespect, but he almost single handedly cost us the game. Uh, you and a million, or okay, maybe not a million, but a thousand other Raptor fans alike, man. They are they were hammering McCall on Twitter and. 
with the uh, argument that Masai is putting him out there, or I guess Nurse is getting word from Masai or Bobby trying to get him out to be a more trade asset, he's not making anything uh, going for him. Like he was turning the ball over. He was, uh, you, Jay, you know the negative or uh, the plus, plus minus is a little bit better than uh, we do. But I just feel like I test, it wasn't, it, it like. Yes, Nurse put is. Uh, it took too long for his starters to come back on, but the eye test shows that McCall was single-handedly giving up this game, hundred percent. I feel like I feel like this entire league this season, you've been drug tested if you play too well. I think this should be the opposite. The guy should be drug tested for underperforming. Like, <laughs> what in the hell is happening? <laughs> That's a good oh, thing. Man, we are really. We are really kicking him while he's down. I this know. I'm sorry, like, but this was the this was the final straw for me. It's the Hawks. They're legitimately the worst team in the league. I'm sorry. I mean, the, we have we did play the Hawks not too long ago, and they did put up a they put up a fight against us as well. They put up a really good fight against us. So I, I think when it, we were down, though, we have our whole lineup healthy. That's now. that's true. That's very true. And it, there's there's a lot to it. It could honestly, it could be the two thirty start time. Um, Maybe it, 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 I, I don't know. And it, it could be the whole, you know, starters not coming in uh, too late or to, it didn't come in until later. And then it could be the McCall. It, it was a lot of things. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we pulled out the win. Yes, that's, that's and it wasn't all just McCaw. No, I feel bad yeah. after my rant. It wasn't just McCaw. <laughs> it was But that was definitely one of the reasons. <laughs> it wasn't McCaw. You can you can point out a lot of things in this game, in, in that game in particular, uh, and also you got to give credit to to Atlanta, like Trey Young. Like you, we we said it already, like forty two points already. Um, they were playing a trap defense. Fifteen assists. Yeah, and Atlanta was putting in the trap or the full court press, and we were turning the ball over, uh, like three seconds when we had possessions and then it was three and then it was a foul and one and you're like it, I, i'm gonna give it to atlanta man like if they won that game it would have sucked for sure because we had a 20 point lead but at the same time like we kind of scratched out a win on that game yeah if he if that nutmeg you did on fred van vliet oh yeah like, if that shot went in <laughs> like twitter would have exploded and i i was telling a buddy that's not right because fred like steph curry didn't die for Fred Van Vliet to be remembered <laughs> by being nutmeg yeah. by Trey Young, like, yeah. oh man, that I, I think even Raptors fans were were hoping that would go in because that was nasty, man. No, I wasn't hoping for that. We <laughs> would have been on Shackton for like the, the entire season, regardless. Highlight, regardless, it was on House of Highlights, <laughs> even if the if the ball was didn't get, get go in. That's fair. Yeah, Oof. and I don't know if you get like if you remember, but like right after that, Fred Van Vliet looked like angry oh yeah angry like i'm i'm hitting a, a three in mm-hmm. your eye right now like yep that got me excited like okay it's on now like mm-hmm. we're about to see angry fred right now yeah. fred fan steamed like <laughs> but that's the thing is like it wasn't even like that was like near the end of the first half and you know i, I was looking forward to seeing angry fred but you know what it was actually storm and norman who saved the right. day and continues to uh, excel in this in this role and now that we're fully healthy he is really starting to get people's attention like this is the norm we've been waiting for this is the norm that you know we we've, we've we got a glimpse of it against the bucks in his rookie year and you know he kind of got that playoff powell moniker but this is it where he's finally showing mm-hmm. some consistency and but you know uh, what the best part is What's like that? i wanted him to start initially 
I'm glad he's coming off the yeah, bench. Yeah, me now, too. Now off the bench. And I know we've got a deep bench with Terrence Davis proving his worth. RHJ having a pretty, you know, inconsistent, but when he shows, he shows. He knows but his now role. We've got, RHJ exactly, knows his role. Now we've got Serge coming off the bench and Norman Powell coming off the bench. Our bench is nasty. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Now, especially that, yeah, like you said, that we're healthy. I mean, well, like, I don't know what is up with Powell, but I want to know what he's eating or for breakfast, man. Like, this guy, he... I'll tell you what it is. Is it... He got to hold Freddie Van (laughs) Jr. That's true. It's that baby power. It's (laughs) the same power that gave... It's the reverse space jam. It's the power that gave Fred Van Vliet his power. Storm and Norman's got it now, and it's like, oh... I've been blessed by by Freddie by Freddie Jr. <laughs> We're doing like it. it now. I like it. Either that, or he's finally stopped eating Osmos. Maybe. No. Oh. <laughs> let us not. Let us not besmirch the name of Osmos. In case they want to sponsor us one day. Yeah. They, they don't currently sponsor us. <laughs> right. So. Shout out! Shout out Osmos. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're up for sponsors. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> we don't mind. <laughs> I love Osmos. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, I think no. But you you guys are, are absolutely right. I mean, there there's something about the way he's been playing. It, it's it's really it it's gonna be more than a coincidence now. Like maybe Fred needs to bring in his baby, and everyone gets a turn, you know, holding him or whatever. I don't know what it is, but but Norm's been on fire. And you know, I I re- recently wrote an article. Actually, came out uh, earlier today, stating his candidacy for sixth man of the year. Now, yeah. Like I mean, spoiler alert: he's not. He's not actually not yet. eligible because not yet. he's actually started more games than he's been a reserve. But that will change already by Sunday, I believe. He'll already have more games as a bench player than as a starter, which yes. qualifies you. But he has been just amazing. Um, his development and continued excellence, um, even before he got injured, but. I guess it's been more impressive since he's come back because, you know, re-injuring your shoulder. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever injured your shoulder. That is not fun. And uh, I can only imagine what that feels like a second time, you know? So Mm -hmm. the fact that he hasn't lost a a step, the fact that he's still driving with purpose, you know, we don't see that norm, that inconsistent norm of years past who would drive without any real goal and without knowing what what he was doing when the ball was in his hand so he's he's got purpose and we're seeing the effect of that and i think um you know you guys can can combat this if you want but i think that he should be considered for six man of the year um what do you guys think yeah he won't win but considered absolutely mm-hmm. yeah agreed like, I, I mean he if it all depends on the consistency. Like he's on what, maybe like a, a well, since he's came back, so maybe five or six games stretch where he's gotten at least um like fifteen to twenty points, and he's shooting crazy from three pointers, which is great. But do I think it's gonna sustain? I'm not sure. I'm really not too sure. So if and here's the here's the things. Why do you think it won't sustain? Is it because you have four seasons worth of data that says he will come back down to earth, or 
uh is there something else like are you basing this off of what you know from his previous year like seasons yes yes that a hundred percent and it's it's just what we're used to with norm he does go on these stretches granted he hasn't gone on this long of a stretch and also the the amount of time that he's uh, gone out because of the short injury scares me but what also is so positive the first possession that he had in this uh sixers game was a dunk was a drive and dunk mm-hmm. so that just shows the explosiveness and his three pointers are still he's still going in um he's still searching for his shot and i and i love how nurse is searching for norm to get his shots too so i i feel like I hope it's sustainable, but these numbers are huge. Like, let, let's say that he's played, what, 32 games. If he's if he continues on for the next 30 games of these numbers, like 60% from three and like uh, 15.8 points per game, he will definitely be considered. But the other other um, players you, you mentioned, Jay, uh, like Lou Will and Montrez Herald, uh, they have the prettier numbers, and they also have the you know spotlight of LA. No one's really watching Norm. No one's really watching the Raptors, let let alone the Raptors, right? So I just feel like he's already in a disadvantage because of a history test, and because he's playing with the Raptors. So I feel like, of course, I I want him to be in consideration. Do I think he's going to win? No. Do I think he might get a couple of votes? Sure. I mean, what I see in a six man of the year is a guy who doesn't feel like a bench player. It feels like we have only so many starters. This is our our secret weapon. And at this point, I feel like this year, Norman Palace felt like that consistently enough. And he's got that intensity that somebody like a Lou Williams has, where you know they're always going to give it their all, even if they're playing sloppy. You know the emphasis is forever there. And that's what you need with a six-man. You need a second wind. So... In terms of consideration, I, I highly think that he should at least be considered. And uh, even though I do agree with you, Jason, there are some instances where, like I like I mentioned earlier, that player that other teams look at and they're like, oh, not this guy. That happened with the Hawks where it's like, oh my God, how does this guy keep hitting threes? Who the hell is Norman Powell anyway? But the one advantage we have is that we won the championship and we had one of the most watched series of that playoff run, the Bucks series, where we swept them four in a row after our two losses. And you know who was a very, very strong component of that series? Norman Powell. I feel like people are paying a little bit more attention to him this time around. Is it the Maybe it's not yeah. as much. Outside of the Raptors, I think the, the one team that is focused on Norman Powell is the Milwaukee Bucks. Remember, we got Norman Powell's <laughs> for, was it Grievous Vasquez? Grievous Vasquez for Norm and a pick that ended up being OG. Ooh. So Norm and OG for Grievous Vasquez. <laughs> Yo, I mean, all the power to Grievous, man, but damn, Masai, you, you're still a G, man. Ride or die with Masai all day, man. All right, so yeah. uh, again, the Raptors are on a five-game winning streak. Um, their next games, let me see what's coming up. Uh, we are face, The Raps are facing the Knicks on Friday, uh, a rematch against the Spurs on Sunday. And for, for some reason, Sunday games are crazy for the Raptors. And then another rematch against the Hawks on Tuesday. Oh. So real quick, how do you guys think? I know, Jay, you said... You said that we are not the Raptors are not going to lose again in January. Do you still feel that way? I still do. 
I still do. Okay. And I'll take that a step further and say, you know, if, if this comes true, and I, I do believe it will, I mean, Sunday will be an interesting one against the Spurs, mm-hmm. but um, the the Raptors don't play a, a, a team that's above 500 for another two weeks. Whoa. And if they win the next six games and Miami loses just one of their next five games, they're facing the Celtics, they're facing the Clippers, then... Nick Nurse is going to coach the Eastern Conference All-Stars. Something to keep in mind, boys. Nice. Such as, you know, Nick Nurse gets a taste of Giannis. Giannis gets a taste of Nick Nurse. It sounds a little bit dirtier ah. than I really wanted to. <laughs> but, all right, we'll, we'll go with that. Taste of the Danforth. <laughs> taste of the Danforth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just got that trade. Do you feel like the Raptors are going to go... Uh, I guess if we don't lose in the rest for the rest of January, we are going to go on an eleven game win streak per J. What do you think, man? Oof. Uh, what was the first? Game so again we're the, the the next five games. Okay, um, we're on the road going to Knicks and Spurs. Knicks. Okay, uh, and then we come back home on Tuesday versus the Hawks. Go back on the road against Cleveland and Detroit. Okay, so. I won't even start with the Knicks because we could be here for another two hours hearing what all of you already know. I, I hate them and I think they're shit. Um, so the man, you're making me work the, with these bleeps, bro. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's okay. that. That's a dub. Um, a dub at Madison Square Garden. So the Spurs, the Spurs were on a bit of a high the last time that we faced them. I think they've slumped a little bit, but uh, that eighth seed in the West is interestingly combated against between the Grizzlies and the Spurs who are having a very similar season, hot runs and, and dry spells. So we'll see what they're feeling like on Sunday. There's a chance we could win that. Um, probably the most difficult game we're going to have. The Hawks aren't going to be as crazy as they were on Sunday. We're going to win that. Um, the Cavaliers are also stupid. We're going to win that. And Detroit's in a bit of a funk, so yeah, there's a high chance we could win all of these. I'm not saying it's certain, but I'll say potentially a loss with the Spurs, but the rest look like easy dubs nice. if we do the right things. Nice. I, I will never not go behind a 11-game entry for the Raptors. I agree. I do think that the Spurs would be the biggest test, but, you know, don't 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 sleep on the hawks we did they just beat the clippers and then you got the you got the pistons uh derrick rose looking for also that six man of the year Knicks, Cavs, easy wins but all right boys um check us out on for for our uh, next podcast on sunday for our senate edition we're going to do a little bit of uh, all-star uh reserves because the all-star starters are going to be uh announced uh, on thursday night so we'll make sure we'll talk about that uh but yeah again raptors win 107.93 against the 76ers uh dre we're gonna find you brother you can find me on twitter at andreas babs you could follow my film review and editorial website films fatale f-i-l-m-s-f-a-p-l-e.com currently ranking every oscar nominee uh from worst to best saying well my biggest snubs are and we're going through all of them. So we're midway through the project. And yeah, Patrick McCaw, please rest up, feel better. Sorry for being so hard. Also get in touch with uh, Baby Van Vliet. It might help you out. Uh, Jay, where can we find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. I uh, find uh, all of my writing on Raptors HQ, which is where you're finding this podcast. Um, got my weekly wrap-up, uh, the aforementioned Norm as Sixth Man of the Year uh, article that went up earlier today. Um, and then for next week, I'm working on a uh, Super Bowl prop bets slash Raptors type of thing. Um, so hopefully I'll get that out nope. sometime within the next week. That's me. Nope. All right. And you can find all three of us on That's a Rap Pod on Twitter. You can uh, email us at That's a Rap Podcast at gmail.com and make sure to find all of us or or this podcast on all your podcatchers uh, at at Raptors HQ because that's our home base. I myself was uh, featured on the And One podcast. So make sure to check them out. They are from all the way from London, England. Uh, It was really fun talking to them about uh, my fandom with the Raptors and what it felt like to be champions. So yeah, check me out there. Uh, But until next time, boys, that's a wrap. Usually I save this for something a little funny. Unfortunately, the world got a little less funny. Um, Rest in peace to Terry Jones, one of the members of Monty Python and one of the funniest people you will ever see on the face of the earth. But he will be dearly missed by goofballs like myself and many of us, I'm sure.